0: Oh, sweet. This is what we live for, guys.
1: Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: just as a quick warm-up, can I ask what everyone's drinking?
2: Um, I'm drinking fizzy water. I kind of have a little cold going on, so... I, I apologize for not being drunk, but I'll be crazy.
1: I uh, I, have a, uh, I have a bourbon and ginger j- ale uh, freshly mixed since I got home, so feeling pretty great.
0: Sick. Nice. I'm, dr- I'm drinking Baltimore's own duck pin pale ale. It has a picture of a duck pin from duck pin bowling on it.
2: Sweet.
0: Which is the sole reason why I bought it.
2: Yeah. There's no.
1: There's that is a necessary and sufficient condition.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. What is this episode called? It's called Mindset.
1: Oh man. It's so good.
0: Ah oh, shit. Hold on one second. I just got a work thing. A text. I got to respond to.
1: No worries. Actually, I'm going to pee really quick. Hold on one second. All
2: right. Well, let's
1: go.
0: It lasted. Good podcast, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to ExoSquad Goals, the Exosquadcast Podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Ferentino. And on this episode, we talk about ExoSquad. And this is Season 2. Episode six, Mindset. <laughs> Got my mindset on you. It, it's actually all about George Harrison um, planting bombs in a sapien power plant. So let's get into it. Um, no, so this episode was written by Mark Edens and Sherry Goodarts, Good Hearts, if you will. And she is a... a I think first time writer that we've encountered she wrote five episodes of the show but she also wrote on bonkers and a whole bunch of other things gargoyles wing commander academy um, but most notably she wrote a couple ex- episodes of star trek the next generation in particular violations night terrors and the most toys um, that's really cool she was nominated for an Emmy uh, for raw tunage which is like a CBS like animated thing or Disney I'm confused anyway uh what's really interesting though is that apparently now she actually runs a yoga studio so look her up she's got some like pretty interesting stuff going on um definitely one of the more interesting turns from uh one of the writers we've encountered
1: yeah Uh, dude uh most toys is that episode where the collector guy kidnaps data
0: hells yeah which is super freaky
1: that's a wild episode
0: is Night Terror is the one with the uh, the werebear or is that like where people like are like kind of ghosting
1: uh, Night Terror is the one I thought that's the one where people's like phobias come true like oh, yeah. in a nebula or something
2: yeah I think you're is right. it's it's a it's, um, sphere
1: yeah pretty much, it's pretty much an hour it's a futuristic it's an even farther than a future sphere which also ruled
0: <laughs> oh man what's the sphere look like I thought it was blue um, so with this episode, we finally get back to Earth. Um, just a quick setting the stage. Basically, the exo fleet are on a mission to go back to Earth and liberate the former Space Congress. We got it. Space Congress is president from a uh, re-education camp. Meanwhile, Amanda Connors is uh, doing a super propaganda-y e. Report on the place. So all sorts of napier Amanda hijinks happen. Um this is one of those episodes that I remember watching years ago and it like is one of my favorites in the series. So what do you guys think
2: about this? Good episode?
1: oh this episode was awesome.
2: Super sick. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting how it was so pirate heavy for five episodes and now it's they're not even involved. It's just I I really like the episode. It's like, I love raid episodes. I love I love the mission. I love everything that happens. And I just think it's interesting that transition.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's sort of like we're definitely out of that arc now, and we're getting back into like the main war.
2: Um, I thought it
0: was really interesting that we're back on Earth, and they, but the the influence from the pirates is that because they can cloak a dropship, they can actually run this mission, which I think is so cool. Like getting Napier back to Earth, and. Kind of getting the wheels in motion for the rest of the war, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they can, like, they can, like, the fleet can kind of insert and come and go as they please now that they have flipping technology. Um, they also really crank up the Nazi
2: stuff in this episode. Oh, right? like, the like, big time. Yeah, yeah to
0: like, like 11. Or, or should okay. I say, to 9?
1: <laughs> 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 oh
2: i'm yes. sorry I'm, la- I'm laughing in my heart i'm my mouth is <laughs> not making noises but your mouth is just stuck in a, a
0: scowl of anger but your heart is yeah. laughing yeah. at that joke
1: yeah um uh, so a couple things really stood out to me um one is definitely uh that um, there's that. So as, as I think we discussed before, uh, Napier and, uh, Amanda Connors are, are ex, they're divorced. They formally married. Um, and, and in the episode, like when they meet up with each other, uh, Amanda Connors, like, like you know, nobody's good enough for him. Like, you know, even me, I couldn't measure up. And I was, I was kind of like, so wait, let me get this straight. And, uh, and an exo fleet dropout security guard with like established anger issues looked at like a model slash nationally syndicated talk show host and was like listen this is just not working out like i'm just not feeling this <laughs>
0: i mean the, the balls <laughs> on napier man like seriously
1: he like he like and then he's a dick about it because he comes back and he's like i'm gonna head of resistance and i'm here to blow up your spot like (laughs) what a
0: prick yeah he's like amanda you never change you're the worst she's i mean not only that but every time we've been every time he has a problem he's in a bar and he's drinking that extra amino acid shot in his whiskey so like dude is not a good guy i mean sure amanda is a collaborator and a propagandist
2: whatever um but she genuinely believes the propaganda like she's at a brainwashing facility and there she's like don't need to brainwash me i'm already on board
0: (laughs) well actually so that's one thing i think is really interesting in this episode is that she goes there and she's doing this news story about like you know oh look at all these leaders they're so happy and uh which leads to one of my favorite one of the best moments of the show which is a super nazi doubt like camp commandant goes to a bunch of like terrified prisoners and throws a volleyball to them and is, is like
1: play over there where the camera can see you and have fun yeah that seems, that seems awesome cause like the the show in like exo squad more so than like most tv shows takes like a pretty sympathetic view to collaborators right cause like amanda connors is totally in she like totally be- like you said like she totally believes and like the president of earth is like kind of goes along with it and the se- other space senators are like why would he do that and they're like well because he knows what will happen if you don't like in the exosquad world it's like not necessarily a bad thing to like go along with uh to go along with like your the uh, like the neosapiens if you're doing it for like the right reasons
0: yeah it's like the bachelor you got to be there for the right reasons
1: 100 percent. otherwise you can get that rose and get dragged off by two dudes to be executed by like Phaeton's goons. You guys, you
2: guys make a lot of bachelor references. I'm just gonna say
0: it's all, all the right reasons. Freaking uh...
2: <laughs> listen, I'm not here to make. I'm here to make friends. Chris. That's true. <laughs> um, can I say a few, just a few random things I liked about this episode that aren't, yeah. aren't necessarily plot things? Yeah. Um, so like again, so like favorite sci-fi tropes or just tropes in general one of course is the like if two people are divorced they instantly discuss their divorce no matter what the circumstances are but the, <laughs> like the world's a falling apart and it's like yeah but you didn't show up to my you know baseball game i don't know adults play baseball and don't show up you know what i mean but if there's something like you forgot the milk um so that's one two is that uh there's some part where Marcella, No matter how far into the future it is, anytime somebody references the past, it's always the 20th century or (laughs) before. Like, you know, in Star Trek or, like, The Next Generation or whatever, it was like, well, there was a general that I liked named George Patton. And it's like, (laughs) really? There's been 6,000 years of history between then and now. There's no one else you liked? Like, Miles Davis is the best jazz musician who's occurred, you know, which, again, love Miles. But th- there's just a thing. So, like, there's some part where Marcel is, like... War is much too serious a thing to be left to generals. Is that supposed to be a joke? Talleyrand, a very perceptive Terran 300 years ago. And it's, like, really, there hasn't been any other general <laughs> that you can <could laughs> well, quote from.
0: Well, that's the Deep Space Nine thing that I loved is the uh, Ben Sisko is upset with baseball. And they don't even make up a face- fake baseball player. Like, you know, like, I don't know, Swatson McGoy. Like, McGoy. McCoy. <laughs> Uh you <laughs> he's, know, a, he's an Irish Jew. <laughs> yeah, in, in fun combo. He's like the features Louis CK. Uh um, I was like
2: oh, I guess a goy would be a Christian, so it's, I guess it's, he's just Yeah, I, well you know, it's
0: like they can't even make up like a fa- fake player to be like right. oh the batting champ of 2347. It's like no, it's Babe Ruth every time. That's a good that's a really good point. I never actually thought about that, but it yeah. always
2: it always bothers me that that there's Whenever there's an example of, of history, it's always like the 20th century.
0: Can I say real quick the one time it totally does work and it's amazing?
2: It's Demolition Man. What is war?
0: Oh, um, because freaking, uh, oh my, what's her name? Uh, Sandra Bullock is obsessed with the 20th century and like loves Sylvester Stallone. But so, wait, what
2: year? It's like 90, 96, though, isn't it?
0: Well, that's when Stallone was doing his thing, but he wakes up in like 2005 or something like that. (laughs) So it's not not even that that far in the
1: future. Uh, And they have they have a museum built up to like the other the other great trope there too is that like. The 20th century was like a watermark for like violence. Like it was the worst Like like 1997 was the worst year in like human history. Like, <laughs> yeah, no,
0: there's like the museum of violence, and of course Wesley Snipes goes there right after he gets thought out and grabs all the guns. It's that movie's so good. It's the only place Which in
1: Los Angeles that you can get weapons.
0: Yeah,
2: working, uh, weapons. Uh,
0: working uh, weapons, working <laughs> weapons. Exactly. Uh, sorry, sorry, Chris. What was? Oh, well, that was
2: one, uh, one of the guys uh, calls it the Caribbean, not the Caribbean, which is the only time I've ever heard someone call it the Caribbean, not Pirates, when it's not in Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Don't you love <laughs> Don't you love
2: <laughs> the detail that I watch this show for? Um, exactly. The return of Stentor, we don't see him, but we hear his voice. But I just want
0: to say real um, quick, we get a brand new intro specifically for this interview. Yeah. Out of that. She's on the beach. She's frolicking.
2: It's so good. She's, got, she's tiny and has a huge head
0: <laughs> I'm gonna gif that I'm gonna make a fucking gif of that that's gonna be the episode art right there thanks Chris um, I wrote
2: down there's a very serious interview being given by a man in a speedo that I <laughs> thought was a joy <laughs> um, there's a great there's a great World War II reference or fascism reference about the mag, mag, magno trains run on time Nothing you can save for Phaeton
1: makes the magno trains run on time you have paid a high
2: price for efficient
1: transportation yeah. oh yeah they make they make reference to the trains run on time thing and Ma-
0: Masala doesn't get it like at all he's like that seems like a great sacrifice and he's like that's
2: that's the point i do not understand why napier thinks this is acceptable <laughs> <laughs> oh man the uh the, the uh, yeah. sidekick from johnny quest tries to escape on a jet ski yeah, adult Haji. <laughs> yeah,
1: who's like one of the senators. I I do I do like the diversity in the space Congress, though. I do want to shout that out. It's Hell's, like a yeah. very diverse. Like the president, like the president's African American. There's the um. There's the uh, Muslim guy. There's a bunch of yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty solid Congress.
0: Yeah, no. The uh, can I also say that when he's running away, he almost gets away, but they almost have a nod back to the uh, the show, The Prisoner where people would try to escape on like boats and then like a giant like weather balloon would like capture them. And in this version, it's like one of the toad E-frames just kind of comes out of nowhere from under the water and grabs them. So I really got a kick out of that.
1: Yeah, that was like a real like nightmare scenario thing. Um, I, uh, yeah. I also really want to shout out, there's that scene where it shows Shiva's headquarters and, and the headline is, shiva's earth capital uh parentheses florida which i think was a baller move by uh by shiva um
0: he's going to that place where the heat is on all night all every day all night till yeah break and of dawn.
2: all the senators by the way are ripped Super. yeah <laughs> and look filling out those swimsuits you know it's
1: great the senators in the future are just tens all tens
0: yeah Let's it's, not judge a man by the size of his bulge. It's like a, it's like a,
2: it's like a Michael Bay cast show, um, <laughs> it, movie it, where it, like I'm the president.
1: <laughs> I'm the president, Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this also has one of my favorite like action sci-fi tropes where when JT Marsh like when someone's freeing like a high like the president or like addressing the president in like a in like a high tense like violent situation like stopping for a second being like Mr. President ready to go and the president just stands up and then they roll out um <laughs> that's it. um also Amanda Connors gets the mayor of Chicago treatment where she's like dragged away uh oh yeah yeah she suffers the f- yeah the fate of all
2: villains in animation yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, she like pleads, but she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't get the and and Phaeton and as it fades out, Phaeton just there goes. There
2: be no more interviews. <laughs> Print journalism. Um, two two other great parts. Uh, when J T Marsh goes into so they're trying to free the senators from the prison camp, and the prison camp has a control room, even though it's built like a 1940s prison camp, it's like a wooden. <laughs> Yeah, it's Camp, like bungalows, but it's got a control room and a self-destruct button. And he <laughs> he totally Kool Aid mans into the building. Yeah, he just like walks into it, which I think is badass. And then there's another part where like, um, so Amanda Connors fits in Dampier's e frame, and he's like flying her around, and she's just like sitting in her wet bathing suit, which is disgusting. Um, and and he lets her off because she doesn't want to leave with them, and he's like, "They're gonna kill you," and she's like, "No, they're great." You have the right to make up
1: your own mind, even if you're wrong.
2: And then just takes off. <laughs> it's this great moment where he's just like, all right, I'm out. And he's like arguing on the way out. It's great.
0: Well, uh, so let's let's talk about that for one second, because that's the main thing I want to talk about with this episode. Um, aside from the fact that the camp has a self-destruct button and how awesome that part is, Uh so in this episode, they actually lay out this idea that kind of has been like, if you've been watching the show, you don't see the Neo-Sapiens as totally bad. You know, you don't see the exo and the humans as totally good, right? So this show, they make explicit, they make the subtext text with the interactions between Napier and Amanda. When Amanda's basically saying, you know, I support the Neo-Sapiens. They were abused. They were wronged. And Napier's like, yeah, you can um, you can do that. You can love all the Neo Sapiens, but Phaeton's way is not the way, right? So, it's it's the first time the show has ever really explicitly said that. And the fact that they have Napier as the guy saying it, I think, is really interesting. Uh, how did that strike you guys?
1: Yeah, I, that really. I would say that was like a really affecting moment. Because like, like Sean Napier begins arguably the most anti neo sapien, like openly anti like racist like bigoted against neo sapiens, and like for him to have this very nuanced idea about like what, like what the like what the neo sapiens what you're like what Amanda is espousing is right, but it's not the truth. Like what what those like if if the situation that the president is like forced to repeat was true, then like, the new statements would be totally justified. But they're not. Like, it's not... Like, Phaeton's way isn't, isn't cooperation and integration. It's just reversing the... It's just continuing the cycle, like we talk about.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, it's... It is interesting, this season of the show versus the last season of the show, where I think you said, like, some of the explicit... Implicit things have been made explicit. And I think you so it can be we can kind of forget the what makes this show great and interesting is like the really deep consequences of things i think i've said consequences now three episodes in a row um (laughs) but you know what i mean it's it is it is that it's a psychologically fraught show and it's a very complicated show and i think the last couple episodes have been more cartoony in a way of like things have happened that haven't have just felt like in the realm of animation and not connected to real things and and real death like they did kind of in the first season. And this sort of gets back to that. And I think those world, world world war two parallels um, bring that home even further. Whereas, you know, like we talked about that episode where they're training the guys um, to go on a raid and we don't get to know them. They just kind of die and get blown up. You know what I mean? They're not, we're not really present. And I think this sort of, because of its connections to historical events more uh, explicitly, I think makes, makes it more powerful. Which, which I find, which is what I like about the show.
0: Yeah, I, I do think, like, you know, and when Napier basically says, you know, cooperation is the future, but not Phaeton's way, it, it rings back to the, the pirates being, you know, when they were all during the conference and they're like, oh, well, we'll take Mars and we'll just exterminate all the Neo-Sapiens. And Winfield's telling them, no that's that might have been the old way of doing things but this is the new way and here's another like example of them sort of establishing that path forward which i think is like just really cool you know again like you said we were in kind of like fun pirate land uh for so many episodes and the silly accents and facial hair and the big skull and crossbones and all that stuff and the fact that we're seeing people's faces and you know people are getting killed and disappeared and it get, this show gets hard again. Like, they, to sneak onto the uh, prison camp, they stow away aboard, like, a supply ship, and they kill everyone at the dock, like, the commandant, the dock workers, like, they spare no one, and that's fucking hard as shit.
1: Yeah, dude. Um, I remember, like, I definitely was unnerved by, like, the president's brainwashing thing. Like, that's a very oddly intense sequence. Like, it like I was like he's a really he's like very emotionally disturbed when he says that stuff and that's like a very haunting image to me.
0: Yeah, seriously. Like the I mean the whole the whole camp thing is super fucked up. Um, there's a part where Johnny Quest's buddy, after he you know tries to escape, they basically make it clear that they had him executed by zooming on on some Neo Sapiens in front of his uh, cabin and they're all like. Well, I guess number forty seven will not need this bungalow anymore.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they like joke about him being dead.
0: Yeah, which is again kind of keeping that theme of Neo Sapiens loving torture, uh that we had from season one. But yeah, dude, it's like
2: it's almost cartoonish though.
0: Yeah, um, oh yeah, no, it, it's it's so over the top, especially because they zoom in like, hey, they're three guys, what could they possibly be talking about? <laughs> it's like the most pertinent thing to the plot ever. Um, which I understand, but you know it's still pretty funny,
2: well that got serious um <laughs> um, can yeah. I also say
0: Shiva yells no at almost nothing like it's a minor inconvenience to him when his uh his squad gets blown up, and he's like that
2: yell is haunting, it's a really chilling, yeah. It's it's like a special moment. It's like very upsetting.
0: Yeah. Um. Can, okay. Something fun. Uh. Jt Marsh has a fist fight underwater with a stowaway, Neo-Sapien E-Frame. Can
1: we talk about
2: that, that for a awesome. second? That was awesome. That was awesome. Um. That was awesome because like there wasn't much sound in it, and I thought that was really cool about it. Yeah. And, and then sure. he rips the guy's arm off, and it. So his E-frame starts filling with water. I thought he was gonna uh, drown.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought it was gonna be another horrifying, haunting death, but he actually. Bails out and survives. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? How about me? Can't hear
2: Can't... Chris. Really? Oh, boy.
1: I can hear you, Ryan. Hey, Chris. How's it going?
2: Good. Can you hear Matt
1: Uh No, he just dropped off my Skype, actually.
2: Oh. Um,
1: well, welcome back to the Chris and Ryan show. Uh...
2: <laughs> we talk about ExoSquad and our feelings.
1: Yay. This makes me feel happy.
2: <laughs> um, I,
1: I let's go over the podcast rules. We use I statements. <laughs> um,
2: you don't that speak would it? Actually, Yeah, go on. Would
1: actually, be a pretty good like like fake comedy podcast, like a hyper sensitive like like talk show.
2: Um, that would be great. I would like. I would like to do that.
1: Yeah, I am. I am into trying that out. We should, yeah, we should just like let it rip one day. The
2: snowflake talk show.
1: Yes. <laughs> I feel it would be in our best interest. Yeah.
2: I feel that I don't know why airplanes need to be shaped like that. <laughs> I well, find them phallic and offensive.
1: Well, uh, I think first of all, we can take some questions. Then uh, we can have five minutes for silent reflection. Um, <coughs> be a, uh, after which there will be a discussion of, uh, yeah. I, uh, I want a safe space. Uh, just for people whose names are Ryan, <laughs> I don't think anyone else really understands um, that particular situation.
2: Trigger warning: um, I am a murderer.
1: So, anything anything about accusing me of murdering someone or any kind of consequences for murder? <laughs> talk about that with me.
2: Yeah, it's it's be sensitive. He's a murderer. He doesn't want to hear this.
1: <laughs> Trigger warning: accusations of murder. We'll just. Through yeah. through the through podcast magic, we'll make it look as though we were talking. <laughs> and yeah. Chris was not. Uh, like you know how when people are walking in a movie and then suddenly they're somewhere else, that's what's referred to as a cut.
2: Um, <laughs> oh wait, what? What
1: are you talking about?
2: Hey guys. I always uh, hi Chris. I always say this is about movies that people are like, well, it was two hours long. It took maybe four or six hours to make. How long did it? T- <laughs> um, <laughs> hi Chris, welcome so- back. Hey guys, good to be back. Oh man. Um, we talked about all the ideas for podcasts that we had. <laughs> I cannot
0: wait to hear this later. Yeah. Shit, sorry about that.
2: No worries, man. No worries.
0: Uh hopefully so, I didn't miss anything.
2: Uh, uh, no. we were, just
1: uh we we're just discussing uh our other podcast plans. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh you can't just you can't just crash on us like that. Um <laughs> Yeah,
0: freaking a man. Like,
1: uh, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, man. That was me. That was that was supposed to be a bit. Um,
0: oh, I was gonna say I crashed like Tanaka into a guard tower, eh? oh, Like in this shit. episode.
1: Oh shit!
0: Where they tease he's gonna die and he like gives a death scream and then he just gets up like nothing happened.
1: Yep, just fine, just totally fine. <laughs> Dude, Navier's frame is also really sweet. Like, it's a really good frame. No,
0: it. If his frame was an animal, it'd be a dog because it's a really good boy.
1: 100%.
2: Wow. Yeah, it got there. Yeah, we're there. Um,
0: this is what happens when I crash. I go right off the rails, man.
2: What else you got for this episode? I like the Neo Neosapiens' sunbathing. I like the <laughs> thing oh, to...
1: yeah, that part's pretty great. But that's uh-huh. their
2: job. <laughs> they turn bluer. I don't know. They, the Neosapiens
0: keep falling into the, the trap of, you know oh, they must be here, and then the, the like ship or anything is set to blow up, and they always get blown
2: up by it. Like, yeah. they
0: never learn.
2: I feel like they didn't hold back with the amount of Neosapiens that, that got blown up, which I thought was pretty cool. I also yeah. liked that uh, Marcella can play the this game endlessly, where he's like, I have special orders to that <laughs> you need to leave your post, and they're like, okay, he's a Neosapien.
1: He's He's like the most famous Neo Sapien like <laughs> so squad member in the galaxy. And like no one is like, hey, your head things look just like that guy Marsala, one of the most famous Neo Sapiens ever. Like
0: Yeah, not not only most famous, but most wanted by the Neo-Sapien regime.
1: Like, right, a no right, a known, like a Benedict R level traitor. Like, hey, has they ever told you to look at Marsala? No, no, go away. Leave me in this highly secure facility.
0: <laughs> and how many times does that ruse not work out? Where he's like, I have orders. And they're like, well, let's see the papers. And then he just pulls out a gun and shoots them.
1: That like, is, that's another sci-fi trope I'm a huge fan of. Like, the plan immediately not working. Like...
2: <laughs> no ticket. Um... <laughs>
1: right? And once again, like all major problems, that can be solved with
2: violence. um Um, i like that when napier is trying to show her amanda connor's screen he has a tv in his e-frame and the tv is live
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's live and uncut man it's great amanda connor style or uncut like sean napier um too much Uh way too much um can we talk about the again the overt nazi Nazi nazification of the uh of the Neo sapiens in this one a little bit. It
1: gets it gets pretty it, and like it kinda goes from like zero to a hundred really fast. Like they're 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 dressed as SS like they're dressed as like brown as uh as like brown coats
2: or uh
0: Yeah they're huge fans of Firefly.
2: Yeah oh. considering that most Neo sapiens wear like one piece like battle unitards. Um the fact that they're wearing like trench coats and the hats is very striking.
0: Yeah. And and very stylish khaki shorts. Let's not forget
1: those. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess in fairness, like these guys are running like a secured facility, so they're probably in like the intelligence division. So maybe they're like a little more they I, I think they can get away with being a little more villainous than like the everyday troops.
0: Yeah, cuz in coming episodes we don't see them like keeping up the style of dress as much. It seems like a very Miami thing to do, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bienvenido. Ah, Shiva's Earth Capital. <laughs> party, party, in the, party in the city where the heat is on. Shiva's Earth Capital.
0: They're like they're like, Shiva, we loved your last hit.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, i i do i do really like um art design wise that like shiva's based in miami and his his outfit is distinctly more like colorful and like tropical than like typhon than Typhonus is or like phaeton like he's clearly more of like uh he's wearing like the neo sapiens <sighs> battle armor equivalent of like a uh, like a like a like a white linen suit like, he's a, he balls out a little bit
0: yeah yeah i have a little uh i actually have the little action figure of shiva on my desk right now, and it's like that neon green orange combo.
1: Yeah, dude.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, dolphins colors, incidentally.
0: Yeah. Big, um, big fan of the dolphins.
1: Huge, huge fan of Shiva's Earth of the Shiva's Earth Capital Dolphins. <laughs> the Shiva's Earth Capital Aquatic Mammals. <laughs> Rival, rivals, rivals to the Phaeton City Bears.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see where uh, Lilith like has posted up so we can see what her sports team is
1: yeah we should we should yeah we should we should get a full list of the yes Avian cities that would be awesome if yeah she set up like houston or something probably
0: yeah set up a tech mobile league of just like uh just turn everyone blue awesome. um,
1: <laughs> that would be awesome
2: cool.
1: um oh i i do like that they make eve hanley the head of the um since napier is taking over the whole earth resistance um i do like that they make eve the uh the head of the um the head of the Chicago Resistance. She's like the local commander now. That was pretty cool. Hell
0: yeah, ladies doing it for themselves.
1: Yeah, cool to see. Cool to see a powerful, independent lady leading the Chicago Resistance.
0: <laughs> um. Well, guys, who's your MVP for this episode?
2: M-M-M-M-M-G-G. Um, I'll take this one. Clearly, it was Stentor for making it such a. <laughs> Your announcer, Stentor. Such an intrepid appearance, back on the mic. Back on the mic after all this time, after his years away, crushing it <laughs> as always. Do you think Stentor gets the show now? I, I hope so, but probably not. They're probably <laughs> we're conducting an outside search. Like, <laughs> but I would be a good host. Like it, Stentor, <laughs> you're conducting this. He's like the Sean Spicer of, of the, <laughs> the sapien movement. It just Stentor got too fat <laughs> yes. Just because I drink a lot And my face is puffy
0: <laughs> There are a million brews on earth
1: <laughs> um... the, uh, Who do you got, Ryan? Um, I am going to give it to um, I'm going to give it to that Neo-Sapien Who uh, tells the two senators to like Also, they're like they're like you, they're like lead, they're like leaders of the world, and he's like, "Go play with your ball, like have fun," and like is like real sinister about it, and he makes him do it in front of the cameras too, which is like extra humiliating. I believe he says, "Have
2: fun." Yeah,
1: <laughs> it it uh, it really reminds me that of that uh, when uh, in Ninja Turtles one where that guy runs into uh, Tatsu and he's like, "Go play, have fun." Like commanding someone to have fun is something only villains do. Like, um, how do you
2: think? Yeah. You, how do you think the brainwashing camp ends up on a beach? <laughs> <laughs>
1: they well, I think they're kind of. I mean, I mean, first of all, that's a good catch. But I think what they're try- <laughs> I think what what Phaeton's trying to do is like simultaneously portray the UN senators as like weak and like and like like lazy and unnecessary. At the same time, having them, like, admit that they're, like, because they come across as silly, right? In, like, bathing suits, like, on, like, a beach partying when they're supposed to be, like, fixing the, like, world. So, like, I think it helps. I think for Phaedon it helps undermine the credibility that these people should be, like, in charge of
2: anything. Like, they're showing, you, they're kind of, in a way, showing you everything's happy and everyone's having fun. Yeah, it's the it's- promise. is if,
0: if you work with the Neo-Sapiens, you'll get to go on the beach bungalows.
2: Yeah. Um, in my head, in my head, Shiva was like, "Where should we have this camp? Maybe, maybe the beach. I don't know. Maybe the beach. I've heard the beach people have said the beach. I'm just throwing. It's not Mike. It's not coming from me. But I'm just bringing I'm it out there.
1: Here, I've been here. I've been here. Beach from a lot of people. Yeah, we should go to the beach. That's a good idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the uh, I'm gonna say my MVP is the commandant. I don't know if he's the same guy as the go play have fun, but the commandant of the uh, the camp because he's just grossly incompetent in that like Typhonist sort of way where he's like he's immediately just like, you know, he tells all his troops, oh, no, the exo, you know, the E frames are attacking line up in really, really, really tight formation and they yeah. immediately get killed. He runs to a shack, goes, you know, blow up the camp gets like basically pimp handed and then Shiva's just about to kill him and Phaeton like butts in and is like, hey, uh go chase him down. But uh Isn't there a line yeah.
2: too, when he's like, why isn't the camp well defended? I mean I yeah. forget what the guy says, but he's like, I didn't know they were gonna attack. But like
0: Yeah, it's it's like ugh, yeah, I forget his response, but he's like, why is a camp of this importance so lightly defended? And he's like,
2: but but but
0: you know. And then yeah, so he's my MVP. Just He's like the perfect sniveling kind of like not. He's like the uh, the dude in Raiders of the Lost Ark who gets his hand scalded by the medallion.
1: Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's like supremely evil but can't take a hit, yeah. which I love. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, do you guys have anything you would like to plug?
2: No i'm just Thanks. kidding i'm just kidding go to two loopy ladies on etsy uh winter is coming july 16th <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i also plugged game of thrones <laughs> yeah i think i think so are we sponsored by hbo now buy um, yourself something a crocheted winter hat because winter is coming july 16th only by pepsi
1: now now hbo and pepsi have to send us checks <laughs> yes exactly funny.
2: That's lowest. the law.
1: Yep, that's the way. Yep, official endorsement.
0: <laughs> you guys have any recommendations? Uh, I'm actually uh, totally out of recommendations right now.
1: Um, I started watching American Gods. It's really good. Um, if you have stars, it's pretty sweet. Um, oh, and um, on Netflix, that show, that movie, that miniseries, Glow, about the '80s uh, women wrestling.
0: Yo, is that out?
1: Sl- yeah, it's out now.
0: Oh shit! I'm gonna say that because I've been waiting for that for a long time.
1: All right. Now you go, Chris. <laughs> Glow, you go, to Chris. Oh man, Chris, tell me more. <laughs> it's
0: based on the 1980s promotion, gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of wrestling out of uh, LA. Uh, I believe Alundra Blaze, Alundra Blaze, later Medusa in WCW was the only alumni of that program to actually have a good run in the two major promotions in North America. But who's counting?
2: Uh, sorry, other Chris, what do you have? Um, something that I enjoyed recently was um, Oh Hello on Netflix, the oh, uh, John Mulaney Nick Kroll Broadway show. Mm. Uh, very very funny and a little bit surreal. I enjoyed it. Sweet. Have you seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I I've seen it
2: on the screen. I haven't watched it yet. Um, it's 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 very amusing and uh, not too. It's just like a very light. It's very lights kind of thing <laughs>
0: nice well guys um you know i was thinking about what to do next saturday and next saturday is when we have the episode come out there's an episode every saturday so the next one will be the last man where we get to meet our jump troopers finally yay Yeah, yay. The failed,
1: uh, a, a clearly attempted spin-off
0: <sighs> <laughs> yeah right seriously um we come out with a new episode every Saturday, like I said. You can reach us on Twitter at exosquadgoals. Email us at exosquadgoals at gmail.com. I'd like to thank Eric Calderon for our intro and outro music. You can find him on 331 E-Rock on YouTube. His stuff's really good. It's guitar stuff. So if you like that, go there. Um, please subscribe, share, write a review. Uh, call your mama. Tell her about us. Nah, she already knows. Um, yeah. You a lot know.
2: of people's moms like this show. Oh, yeah.
0: with that, It's all about that Wolf-Bronsky breath, man. Um, but yeah, you know, just write reviews. Get the word out. Um, so, yeah, for ExoSquad Goals, I'm Chris Mastalone.
1: I'm Ryan Hardy.
0: And I'm Chris Ferentino. Do we have any heroes in this company? No, no
2: sir.
1: Go. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: we did it we escaped from that prison camp
2: (laughs) now we can play volleyball in the wild (laughs) imagine escaping from a prison camp and being like hey remember the time we escaped from that prison camp
1: that would yeah that would be a frequent topic of conversation if i had escaped from a prison camp i would bring that up pretty regularly um
0: yeah i mean i if i get a good burrito i talk about it for like a week or two
2: yeah so i can't imagine that. that yeah what's your uh, what's your ideal burrito
0: chris oh god i can tell you it's the surfing california burrito at lucha libre in san diego
2: what, uh, what's in it it's
0: it's shrimp it's steak it's cheese it's french fries with like a uh, like a crema kind of sauce it's fucking the sickest shit ever french fry